Three Times Lucky by Sheila Turnage, Chapter 24, Right Under Our Noses. Dale pumped like he could outpedal the storm. Me balanced on his handlebars, the storm's flat, angry hands shoving us along the back blacktop. Dale stood up on the pedals, panting as the front wheel began to squeak. There was something about that sound, the sound of metal, the whirring squeak. Stop! I shouted. I know where Miss Lana is. He slammed on the brakes, catapulting me off my perch. Where? he panted. Right under our noses. Dale looked down, then out across the pitching ocean of corn, its green leaves going silver beneath a rolling sky. I don't see her, he said. Get back on. The old Blaylock house place, I said, pointing to a sandy path, etching its way through the corn. It's the perfect hiding place. Ain't nobody been there since Mrs. Miss Blaylock died last winter. Nobody except us hunting daffodils and maybe Redneck Red to check on the still everybody pretends he ain't running. Miss Lana's down that path. I know it. Star's already searched the empty houses. Get on. Deputy Marla's already searched, I said. He braced against the wind. Daddy might be home. Mo, I got to go. Just a few minutes, I begged, stepping in front of the bike. Remember how Miss Blaylock's old Wilder Tower squeaks when the wind blows? I said, that's the sound I heard when Slate called. The wind raked his hair. I got a foolproof plan. Take us five minutes is all. Five minutes to save Miss Lana's life. He bit his lip. I don't know. I hear the Blaylock's place is haunted. That's everything just like she's left it. And Lavender says Miss Blaylock's TV comes on at odd times, and she changes the channels herself. I snorted. Don't be a baby. Five minutes. You'll be a hero. He sighed. Five minutes, Mo. But that's all. Ten minutes later, we ditched the bike and hid behind a hydrangea. Stay low, I whispered, glancing at the wooden water tower in the side yard. Slate's been, sh- Slate's been here, sure as my name's Mo LeBeau, I added, nodding toward the tire tracks in the drive. Anybody could have left those tracks, he said. What's your foolproof plan? I'm getting to that, I said, trying hard to think of one. First, I do my surveillance. Then I'll explain my strategy, which is genius quality, believe me. His shoulders slumped. You don't have a plan, do you? I knew it, he said, his eyes filling with tears. I knew not to come to a ghost farm with you during a hurricane. Shh, I'm casing the place, I said, my gaze taking in the neat white house and lingering on the padlocked front door. It's locked tight, just like people say. What was that? Dale whispered. Did you hear a TV? No, I didn't hear a TV, I said. Still, an uneasy feeling settled cool hands against my neck. I swallowed hard and turned my attention to the side yard and the old water tower with its bandied legs and pot belly. Its windmill had lost an arm, but it whirled to battle each gust of the approaching storm. Faintly, I heard it screak, screak. It was the water tower I heard, no doubt about it, I said. Only there was nowhere you could hear it from inside Miss Blaylock's house. Slate wasn't inside when he called. Thank you, Jesus, Dale whispered. He must have been closer to the tower. I glanced at the pump house. Its thick curtain of kudzo was torn. Someone had opened that door. She's in that pump house, I said, my heart pounding. Come on, we're on a search and rescue. If you see Slate, give me a signal. I do a nice owl, he suggested. Fine, I told him. If you see Slate, hoot like an owl. Now fan out. Dale shook his head. There's only two of us, he said. You got to have three to fan, and that's at the very least. Okay, I said, forget fanning. We'll surround the pump house. You go around back and I'll take the door. No, he said firmly. It's too snaky in back. 
I'll go to the door. Snakes are mean enough in good weather. There's no telling how they think with a hurricane coming. I took a deep breath. The colonel says sometimes a leader can do, all a leader can do is see which way everybody's going and try to get in front. This looked like one of those times. Okay, I said. We'll both take the door. Follow me. I crouched low and sprinted across the yard to the pump house, Dale on my heels. Miss Lana, I whispered. Are you in there? Screak! I grabbed the door's rusty latch. Miss Lana! A shaft of light pierced the shed's gloomy heart. Inside, I could just make out a case of old mason jars, a rusted rake, and a wooden bucket rotted half through. She ain't here, I said, my heart tumbling. No, Dale said, kicking at the old knee-high bottle. I'm sorry, Mo. Let's go home. Behind us, a tree limb funked against the side of the house. What the? He glanced back at the house and screamed, the sound slicing me like razors as he, drove to, as he dove to my feet. What? I shouted, falling to the ground beside him. Did you see Slate? I thought you were going to hoot like an owl. It's Miss Blaylock's ghost, he cried, his face ashen. Where? In the house, he said as his eyes glassy with fear. She flitted past the window. Thunk. I squinted past the dancing broom straw. That ain't no ghost, I told him. Somebody's in there. I sprinted across the yard to the back porch. Miss Blaylock's heavy back door scraped across the kitchen's faded linoleum. The rumors were right. The kitchen stood just as Miss Blaylock left it the morning she died. Table set for one. A paper-dried daffodil in a mason jar. A cast-iron frying pan on the stove. Miss Lana? I whispered. The wind groaned and the roof rattled. Let's try the living room, I murmured, looking away from the table. It looked too lonely, too abandoned, too close to being alive. Dale grabbed my arm. What's that smell? He asked, sniffing the air. I scanned the kitchen. Pizza boxes littered the counter. Pizza Hut delivers out here? He gasped. He tiptoed to the boxes, opened the top one, and sniffed again. Empty, but fresh. At least Miss Lana ain't hungry. I crept to the living room. The room sat prim and proper. A torn curtain fluttered by a cracked window pane. There's your ghost, I said. Then, as my eyes adjusted, I saw something else. Blood. Blood on the floor, blood on the shattered lamp, blood on the faded wallpaper. Miss Lana, I screamed, where are you? We tore through the creaking house, yanking open doors, calling her name. She ain't here, Dale panted, his face pale as his forgotten ghost. Follow the blood, I said, heading back to the living room's wallpaper and placing my hand against her handprint. There, I said, pointing. We followed a faint smear of blood across the room, down a hall to a door. As I pushed the door open, the wind grabbed it, jerking me onto the porch. Scuff marks scarred the dirt drive and disappeared in a crisscross of tire tracks. She was fighting, Dale said, his voice shaky. Fighting's good. The pecan trees flailed at a darkening sky and an old fertilizer bag cartwheeled across the yard. The storm's first raindrops spattered into the dust, the size of dimes. He's moved her. We got to get some help, I said. Come on, Mama's closest, he said, running toward his bike. She'll know what to do.